I've anticipated this message for about four weeks. Set my chairs out. I hope you can see these. I don't think I'll be very long today. That'll allow you all to go back and take your one-hour nap to catch up with where you feel you ought to be. Yeah, that's all you get. Being retired, I have come to cherish those little naps where I can just stop and close my eyes and not worry about anything. And it's nice. Today's message uh, I've entitled Joy Unspeakable. I think there's there's, I think there's something in this message that will open your eyes, and I pray that it does. I pray that uh, people would listen to this over the internet or messages or pick it up somehow. First, let's uh, talk about a couple of definitions. Joy. If we all say it, speak it, sing it. Do whatever we want to do with it. Joy is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. There's some other words that maybe express it a little bit better. Ecstasy. Ecstasy is an overwhelming feeling of great happiness. And then the word bliss. We don't hear this very much. The only thing that just comes to my mind is, you know, people talk about wedding bliss. Bliss means perfect happiness, and I don't know how you can put bliss and marriage together. Because <laughs> Let that sink in. Because marriage definitely isn't perfect because we are included in it. Also, so I am politically correct with the way uh, the world is going today. I, like I said, I have spent weeks pondering this message and tried to print it out yesterday and God added stuff to it this morning as I was getting a cup of coffee, and it just goes through my head. But I, there's one thing I, I want to uh, make you aware of. In worldly political correctness, we must use the right pronouns now. You know, There's even a university, if you call somebody by a pronoun they don't like, you can be expelled from the university or fired from your teaching job. I'm going to try in the future to talk about the Holy Spirit as a she, which all of a sudden, Western Michigan just had an earthquake. But the Holy Spirit is a she. Maybe, I don't know if it's new to any of you. It was new to me. I hear it, I hear it, I hear it. I start investigating it. The Holy Spirit pronoun is, in the Hebrew, 
and Aameric, which is the language Jesus used, the Holy Spirit always was a she. Only when did Western man translate it did she become a he. She is not transgendered. So if I say she is the Holy Spirit, if you take offense, go back and and read and understand. And I and I and I see reasons for it being a she. I, I truly do. I had that discussion with my wife and she bristled a little bit and says, Well, I guess it really doesn't matter. I I I guess it really does matter. So I will be calling the Holy Spirit a she as opposed to most churches call the Holy Spirit it. Husbands, if you call your wife it, find out what wrath you get. (laughs) So, joy unspeakable. With all that said, joy unspeakable. I'm going to go through some verses. I'm going to read it in the uh, NIV, and then I'm going to read it in the mirror version. I want you to see the difference. What's the best word to use? I want you to see the best way of, of understanding the heart of God. See, we have, we have grown to understand God has separated us from us and we were taught that he is cold and uncaring. And if we only beg him enough to come to us, he will come to us and he might, just might answer a prayer. And if he doesn't, you just didn't pray enough, didn't care enough, or weren't important enough. That is so untrue. Let's first go to 1 Peter 1, 8. These, all these verses have to do with joy. And I will, I will explain to you as I go along what, I, what I'm talking about. Hopefully, as the Lord unpacks stuff in my brain as I stand here. 1 Peter 1, 8. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. I want to read that out of the mirror. 1 Peter 1, 8 out of the mirror. Even so, though you have never seen Jesus in the flesh, you love him. Even at times where he seems remote and invisible, your awareness of your union in him continues to ignite belief. You're leaping with indescribable and exuberant joy as you hold him in high esteem. As you read both of those, there is a difference. And I'll I'll explain why I have done the three chairs thing. First did it years ago probably about four or five years ago. The Lord gave this to me. He's also given it to other people. So I I do not own copyrights. But you have to understand, this, this is you. 
your, your three chairs, your flesh, your soul, and your spirit. And I'm going to set this one aside because this one is where you live. This is where you are. This is where you have union with the Trinity. This is where everything you are exists. Your soul and your flesh exist in their own world and you can decide which one you want to live by. I'm going to put the flesh a little further out too. But this is your soul. Soul is your thoughts, your, your emotions, your reasoning. But if you remember when I talked to you about you are included in union with the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and you are bound in there and you can never, ever be rejected from there because you have been there from the beginning of time. We have been told we are not. We have been told we have been separated. We are, we are not part of this. We have been told we have to earn our way into here and it is an absolute lie. Next verse. First Thessalonians 9.3 in the NIV. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? That sounds good. That was first first Thessalonians three nine. First Thessalonians three nine. We cannot thank God enough for you. We dance with the light before him because of you. I want to talk a little bit about joy. We have all seen expressions of joy. And we all judge other people's expression of joy. My advice to you is cut it out. We try to be superior by judging other people's joy and saying, well, it's not the same as mine. And, you know, if they really, really had the joy of the Lord, they would fill in the blank. As I, I was, went through the revival here in West Michigan back in the late 90s, 96 to 98, I believe it was, I saw a lot of that. I saw people jumping up and down. I saw people falling down. I saw people flopping like fish. I saw people laughing hysterically. I saw people crying hysterically. I heard many people judge many people. I judged many people because I knew best. I repent from that. I have changed my mind. I look at it the way God looks at it. It's not mine to judge. If you in your expression of joy to the Father sit and weep, beautiful. If you dance and flop on the floor or whatever expression you want your flesh to do and allow your flesh to do because you still control your flesh, go ahead. Wonderful. If, If you sit and do not express any emotion, and look like you're cold. 
but you know inside your world is on fire. Wonderful. Do not judge what you see as the fleshly outcome of what joy is to some people. Because God may make you do that too. And I'll share this story. During the revival, we uh, Pastor Sam, who was our evangelist at First Assembly, went down to Brownsville. He was not sold on this. He was not sold on the all the demonstrations of the flesh and the spirit. Till he came back and told the story where he went down onto the carpet and just crawled and scraped his face along the carpet so he had a rug burn on his nose and his forehead and he was in no control. It changed his mind. So if you don't want God to drag your face along the carpet for some, for some reason, and that's you know it's no judgment of uh, Brother Sam. He shared that story, so I feel free to share it. But we all have our stories of what it was like we all know there are some who, to validate their ministries, like to push you. Speak a little louder so you get the message. To be pushed down or laid down or go down. Whatever. Just the joy is between you and the Father. Next verse I want to go through is Hebrews 12.2. Hebrews 12, 2. And I'm just going to read this out of the NIV. Fixing your eyes on Jesus, on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He saw joy before him. It was, it was in front of him. It was, he knew that it was there. Did he possess that joy at that moment by what these verses say? No. Because it was set before him. It was something for him. I want you to think who set that joy before him. That's one of the thoughts I want you to have as we go through this. Next verse is still in Hebrews, and it's Hebrews one nine. Hebrews one nine in the or in the NIV. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. In the mirror, Hebrews 1, 9. You love righteousness and detest evil. Therefore, O God, your God anointed you with the oil of joy to stand head and shoulders above your associates. It was God anointing you with oil. It's something that came from him. And my last verse, I, I got two more. I want to do Philippians 3.1. 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 Philippians 
Let's, let's turn to Philippians 3.1. In the NIV it says, Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It's no trouble for me to write the same thing to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Philippians 3.1 in the mirror. The conclusion of your faith is extreme gladness in the Lord. He is your constant reference to bliss. I'm not just saying this to be repetitive. Joy is your fortress. There is no safer place to be but to be ecstatically happy. There is no safer place to be but to be ecstatically happy, filled with joy. That says it a little bit more than the NIV. And the last verse I want to, I want to share with you on joy is Second Corinthians 5.13. In the NIV it says, If we are out of our minds, as some say, it is for God. And if we are in our right minds, it is for you. This is why I love the mirror. Let me read that in the mirror. Again, in the NIV it says, If we are out of our minds, as some say, it is for God. And if we are in our right minds, it is for you. Out of the mirror. We are blissfully out of our minds with pleasure before our Maker. That's one of those Sila thoughts. He delights in our ecstasy. Your Papa delights in your joy. Our insane mode is between us and God. Again, if you see somebody that looks like a little insane to you, whether they're on the floor singing, dancing, I wonder about barking like dogs, but, you know, that's between them and God. We promise to behave ourselves sane and sober before you. That's Paul's teaching. He says, look, if you hear that I have gone a little wacky somewhere, when I'm in the presence of my Father, that's between him and I. Do not judge it. I will come to you and I will talk to you straight and I will lead you correctly. Just some thoughts I want to give you. As a society, we have watered down joy. I put that as a question that shouldn't be so hard to answer. Joy is cheap. Is joy merely a fleshly pleasure? Does society look as joy merely a fleshly pleasure? And the important one, are we responsible for our own joy? One of the benefits of being retired is that I set my own schedule. Coffee, news, feed the dog, nap, maybe another cup of coffee, and then the price is right. 
I've come to enjoy the prices right. Don't judge, John. That's John out here, not John right there. See, I enjoy watching it because the people make joy. Come on down. These people would think they've won the Reader's Digest lottery. You're getting $7,000 a year a week for the rest of your life. Of course, you know, I've, that bothered me, so I looked it up. Your odds of winning that are 1 in 1.5 billion. Winning the big lottery, the state drawing lottery, is 1.2 million. Think of the difference. 1.5 billion in winning that seven. So I don't know if anybody's ever won it. They show people taking checks, but it doesn't say you've won that for life. But these people on this show come down and, I mean, they jump and they go nuts and, you know, just blah, 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 dance and do somersaults. And poor Drew Carey sometimes gets picked up and thrown around and kissed and hugged. And then the people are so lacking in knowledge, don't win anything and stumble off a stage. That's joy. That's joy as the world knows it. Is your joy generated by the first bicycle you got on Christmas morning? Is that your true joy? Or do you have one of those 1968 Barbie dolls that are worth about $15,000? My wife does. Probably not worth that because the grandkids have just beat the snot out of that poor Barbie. (laughs) Or is your joy generated by your achievements in school or in sports? Is your joy generated by your first sexual conquest? Yeah, everybody's quiet, but everybody's smiling. Okay. I realize that. But I need to make my point. Do Do you all realize that that joy is generated here in the flesh? It is generated here in the flesh. It is processed here in the mind. And it goes back and acts out in the flesh again. Have you noticed that people who haven't found joy try to medicate the flesh with sex, drug, and alcohol because it makes them feel good for a time? You can even take ecstasy, you can eat magic mushrooms. Legally in Michigan now, you can smoke pot. We are still trying to find the joy in our lives that we understand through our flesh. We have always tried to do it that way. But God never meant it to be that way. 
He never meant for your joy to come from outside sources. You go back and you look at those verses I just gave you. The only thing that even hints at outside sources is when Paul saw the joy in them that the Lord had given them brought him joy. Because he understood where that joy came from. See, we have, we have always gone from the external and tried to make it the internal. That's not the way God wants it. That's not the way we are constructed. That is not who we are. Remember, we have always been here. We have always been here. We have always been wrapped with the Trinity, dancing a dance of joy with the Father and the Son and she, the Holy Spirit. She is the voice of God. She is the one. She is the breath of God. She is the one that speaks to you. She is the one that comes to you when you need it. We have, we have failed. We have made joy something of the flesh. And, it, and I agree, it, it shows in the flesh, but it is not of the flesh. It is false if it is of the flesh. You know, these, these things, I don't want you, I, I, I ask you, please, get before the Father and ask him what the truth is. One of the reasons that I don't like being a preacher is I don't like telling you how to believe. See, if I tell you how to believe, that means somebody can talk you out of it. But if the Holy Spirit speaks truth to you, you can't be talked out of it. It becomes ingrained in you, and it becomes one of the most fantastic things in your life. And it doesn't matter what circumstance, what thing comes upon you, what happens to you, what people say about you, it doesn't change the joy in your life. If it comes from the external, and believe me, I enjoy my grandkids, I enjoy my family, I enjoy my wife, I enjoy life. My son-in-law and daughter, they just lost his grandfather. Lauren texted me and says, Grandpa has passed away. And I said, I'm sorry for the family, but I'm jealous of him. See, he understood where he was going. We moan the loss, our personal loss. And that's understandable. But his joy is complete because he's with the Father. I got this book. I got this years ago. I've, I've read through it before. It's Fox Christian Martyrs of the World, and it's you know part of Fox's Book of Martyrs. And I, I have several in here. I have 
Polycarp. I'm not going to read his. It only just stands out because of the book that was lent to me by Carol. Reading about John's joy of Polycarp because Polycarp was his disciple. Polycarp was burned at the stake, by the way. Such great joy, and when the flames came around him, didn't bother him. Didn't kill him either, supposedly by in here. They finally had to stab him with spears to kill him. And his blood rushed out and put the fire out. But See, the joy that comes from out here is not going to sustain you. It will do nothing for you other than make you momentarily happy. Drugs, alcohol, and sex will not sustain you. It will make you momentarily happy. And then you're standing over that chasm again going, why? I'm going to read to you part of one of the stories in here that is written down. It's about James, John's brother. He met a martyr's death, and the Roman emperor Caligula had him put to death. I just want to read this one little paragraph to you. When the apostle was led out to die, a man who had brought false accusations against him walked with him to the place of execution. He had doubtlessly expected to see St. James looking pale and frightened. But he saw him instead bright and joyous, like a conqueror who had won a great battle. The false witness greatly wondered at this and became, a, and became convinced that the Savior in whom the prisoner by his side believed must be the true God, and he could not impart such cheerfulness and courage to a man who was about to die. The man himself, therefore, became a convert of Christianity and was condemned to die with St. James the Apostle. Both were consequently beheaded on the same day with the same sword. This took place in the year of our Lord, 44. Two points. James's joy did not go from out there to in here. That is not the way it works. James's joy was based solely on who he was and the union and the love of God that held him. And all this stuff didn't matter. Did James want to be beheaded? I doubt it. But because of the joy set before him, he endured what he had. Just as Jesus, the joy set before him, he endured. You see, we have always come from the position in our lives, and that is why I, I, I started off with saying, you know, our joy is watered down. It's, it's just purely pleasure, and we've got them confused. See, we have always come from the outside in. Joy comes from the inside out. 
This joy will never fail you. And if you read those scriptures, it all came from the Lord. He's the one that poured the oil over their heads. He is the one that was there to give them courage. The Holy Spirit was the one that breathed the breath of God on them. And we have to understand that our joy does not come from without. I have heard it said that you are responsible for my joy. I'm not responsible for anybody's joy. Because if I was responsible for their joy, I'm also responsible for their misery. And knowing Greg, I have caused probably as much misery as I have caused joy. But to tell somebody they're responsible for your joy is negating who you are in Christ. You are looking for something outside of yourself to make you happy. When the whole time that has always been inside of you. I want to finish with something that I know I've, I've mentioned to you before. And I'm, I'm going to share it because I've had some real revelation on this in the last few weeks. And to start, it, it has nothing to do about saying who I am, what I am, what I believe. Anything about that. I think it just speaks to the goodness of God and the patience of God and how much he loves us and how much he wants us to understand who he is. Not often do I get messages from the Lord. I've heard his voice, I can say twice in my life, speak to me. Once was, just love me which is something I can ponder for the rest of my life. And that was early in my walk with him. The next one was a few years later and says, prepare yourself. Okay, Lord, tell me who, how, when, what for? No, he never did. Never did. I did some things that I thought were right and maybe in and trimming off some of the edges in my life and, and stuff and some understanding. But I've told you before, I, I traveled all the time. And uh, my place to stay was always the Holiday Inn. You know, I don't know if you can see that. It's on the Holiday Inn Express letterhead. Little notepads they put by your bed. I even dated it. 1117 of 2010, over eight years ago, coming up on eight and a half years, 1117 of 2010, it was the word that the Lord gave me while I was sleeping. I woke up and believe me, I don't do this often. I know there's people that keep pads of paper and stuff by their bed and boy, that'd be great, but I just happened to have this by my bed and this smack my head and I took it as a prophecy of the Lord for me but I'm sharing it because I think you're included in this I think the first part is for me and my walk but you're included in this because you're part of this body the first thing he said to me was promotion now, if you understand 
where I came from and who I was, I was totally unworthy, particularly of promotion. I don't know if Terry remembers, you know, when we first went into Pure Heart. Oh, we'd like you to teach a class. We have, we're going to have a school. Would you like to teach? Who wants to hear me teach? Let alone who wants to hear me preach? But it's not about me. It's about what the Lord once said. Had to learn that. Promotion was the first thing. The next thing was said to me is, again, another promotion. We'll be speaking to people of power. Parentheses, bishop. I didn't catch that till later on after coming. I, I, that was, yeah, that's, that's written down. Bishop? Was I the bishop or was I speaking to bishops? I think it's God's sense of humor going, Bishop. <laughs> See, in speaking to people of power, it doesn't mean I'm going to the president or to the Congress or something. You're people of power. Yes. Yes. You are people of power. Hear that, Linda and John? You're people of power. Then he says, everything wipe clean and clear. Grace. Grace. And it really tells me it's grace because the next line he gave me, it says, not all will understand. <laughs> you can imagine how many times I mauled this over in my head and what it what it meant, and, you know, I kept this in one of my Bibles. Not all will understand. Why don't you put that, can you put that up, that picture? You know what this is. It's the brain. The penal gland. And they have talked about it and Whatever. The next thing on here, after not everybody will understand where I come into grace and not everybody understands, it says, listen to open lock. Listen to open lock. I have been thinking about that and meditating on that for years. But in parentheses, underneath, he gave me a clue. He says, I'll get to this side. In my, my note here, in parentheses, it says, open lock, opened, looks like angel wings. That hit me about three weeks ago, and the hair stood up on my body. And my eyes leaked. He says, when it's opened, open your brain, open your penal, penal gland. And I'm not going to go into all that teaching. The next word he gave me was joy. Joy. When it opens up, when your mind opens up, and you see who I am, and it's the last thing he gave me. He says, you don't even know the benefits. You see, joy doesn't come from the outside in. It comes from the inside out. 
It is when you open yourself up to who he is and that you have always been here and you will always be here and you are always in that union and you are not separated and you have always been loved by God and everybody has always been loved by God and God is in everyone and you need to change and repent of your attitudes and that joy will open the lock to something you don't even understand. I'm going to keep this because I think there's more unfolding that the Lord has for me. So I don't want to preach to you. I just want to give you stuff to ponder. Holy Spirit, she's good enough to talk to you. She's been talking to all of you. And some of you talk back and some of you listen. As children, our talking back does not always produce success. We need to listen to what the Holy Spirit has to say. It may take nine years before you understand what she's saying to you. But that's okay. I have eternity. Whether it's here or whether it's in the Spirit or whether it's in in heaven face to face with the Father. It doesn't matter. So that's what I leave you with today. I want you to ponder those things. I want you to try to understand those things. I, Again, I don't need to jump on a... Uh, on my religious horse and race down the highway and tell you what is right and what is wrong. I just know there's more out there than we have ever experienced. I could sit here and sound very eloquent spieling theology. That's not who I am. But I know God loves us and I know where I belong and I know where I am. And I know how good the Holy Spirit is to tell me things. Because I never even thought about we have always lived from the outside in and not from the inside out until the Holy Spirit hit me this morning. Never even, not even in my notes, never even thought of it. She just wanted to be known. So, Terry said I had a message prepared for next week. No, I don't. But I know the title of it. Holy Spirit. She is the carrier of joy. So that's next week. What I say, I don't know yet. What she has to say, she already knows. She just has to let me know. Be blessed. In your body's clock, it's only 10.30, so we got out of church in 30 minutes. I hope you're all blessed. I think think this week it may hit... 65 to 70 here. Take that, Florida. (laughs) It's time to come back. So, be blessed. Think about this. Amen and amen.